0: Hi everyone, my name is Victor Gichan. Welcome to the contributors channel where you can learn how to start and grow your business and how to make money. Stay tuned guys, especially if you are a creator of a digital or non-digital content or want to start your business. Today with my guest, we are talking about blockchain, NFTs and how Web 3.0 is going to change creator economy. My today's guest started his first business at the age of 15, graduated from University of Colorado with degrees in computer science and quantitative finance, ran multiple businesses, and finally took a roller coaster journey from software engineer to a startup co-founder. Please welcome my guest, a co-founder of a Web3 community engagement platform, Inshrine, Derek Gorthy. Thanks so much for coming on the
1: contributor's channel. Yeah, thank you so much, Victor.
0: Did I say enshrine correctly?
1: Yeah, all of that was perfect.
0: Good. Okay, so in your bio, you mentioned that you can explain complex concept in five different ways, which mm-hmm. means you can make it simple. I would like to ask you if you can explain for our viewers who is not familiar with the term yet, what is Web 3.0?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Web 3.0 is just a blanket term for decentralized technology. So if you've heard the terms, you know, blockchains, crypto, NFTs, Web3 is just the term that encompasses all of that. And essentially the only difference between Web2, which is the internet that most people use today, you know, think of your big social media platforms, your other major sites. The difference in Web3 is that instead of having everything centralized under that single company, Web3 platforms are basically just distributed. So there's usually not a central holder of power in whatever that application is and it depends on you know multiple people multiple computers doing all of these validations so it can be uh, more uh, trustless i guess is like the technical term but you don't have to rely on a single person to do something it's verified by multiple parties oh
0: this is very simple explanation thank you derek i think it's clear now and before we're talking about how nfts are going to change the world would you say it in plain english what exactly are nfts and why should i care about them
1: sure definitely so an NFT that stands for a non-fungible token, is a decentralized token that lives on a blockchain that the easiest way to explain this is, is really just like with a metaphor. So think about fungible tokens like Bitcoin or Ethereum. That's very similar to dollar bills, money that you would use if you take a $1 bill into a bank and you exchange it for another $1 bill, they would basically be the exact same thing. And then think of NFTs as something where it's more, I guess, each one of those is going to be different from every other one so think of like a a deck of cards say i had 52 tokens each one while it is a card there are a lot of similarities between it it's probably made of the same paper it's probably got the same ink on it there will be different values on it and different suits and those represent different things so really the key difference is that with nfts you might have a lot of them but each one is distinguishable from every other one versus your fungible token you can exchange those and they all pretty much represent the exact same thing. I see.
0: So, gotcha. So, it's all on blockchain, but the difference, so it's just all, they're all unique. There's no even two which the same.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just a different application of the same tech. Wow, interesting. Awesome. I
0: think this is one of the best NFT definitions I ever heard. Now, when we all know what is Web 3.0 and NFTs, please tell us, why do you believe that Web 3.0 and the NFTs will revitalize creator community?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, this kind of circles back to your why should we care about NFTs question our goal at enshrine is to provide content creators so that could be digital or non-digital the ability to create unique experiences for their fans and the way that we accomplish that like the vehicle for accomplishing that is through nfts so your listeners have probably heard about you know the big name nfts that made a a big i guess kind of hit the news a lot in the last couple of years where you had you know board ape yacht club right where it's just pictures of monkeys and the question is like, why is one of these pictures worth $500,000? Like, what what is the point of it? The thing about NFTs that we focus on is the utility aspect. So it's not the picture itself, right? You can create an NFT and you can right-click, save that image, and now you have the image. But the actual value behind the NFT is the utility that's tied to it. And so how we think that's going to change the creator economy and why you should care about NFTs is that creators can now come into our platform and create what we call community perks. So think like you're a content creator and you want to host maybe a 30-minute video call with your top 50 fans. We can essentially allow you to do that through the creation. You would make 50 of our tokens and be able to sell those. And then whoever the owner of that is would have that perk. And because it's decentralized, that is transferable. So if you're familiar with like a you know a Patreon where you essentially just subscribe, it, it, it's basically a subscription platform where you can essentially do the same thing. But you put money in and then for a month you'll get access and then after that you either have to pay again or you lose access. This is a little bit different from that in that you buy the token and now that you own the token you have a sort of stake in that creator you own something of value in that community and you can choose to hold on to it and keep using that perk or you can sell it to someone else like let's say you found a different creator or you found a different perk that you want to try out. It's now transferable so previously, there was that one-way flow of money from subscription to creator. And now there's this two-way flow of money from purchaser to creator, and then from purchaser to purchaser. Interesting.
0: I was listening to you, and the idea come to my mind. I like to invest in stocks which pays dividends, right? Which is obvious. You bought a portion of the company, you make making passive income. That's your platform you guys were thinking about to give those tokens, which is not only I can sell later when this, let's say, creator become more popular and like a painting this token become more expensive but making some getting some royalties because I just bought in the early stage when this artist was nobody and I just gave this money to your platform and your platform gives some portion of the money to the creator and then creator become more and more popular and I'm as the early investor getting some royalties is it something in your plans or it's just my crazy idea yeah
1: that's that's a really good question so we do have the concept like with all NFT you have the concept of royalties that's a little bit different from dividends like let's say you're a creator and you sell that token and then whoever bought that token resells it the royalty is more like what music producers have where anytime that song is used they get a portion of whatever that cut was that would be the same thing so that's actually a really good vehicle for creators to not only get that initial sale but then more sales down the line in terms of the dividend bit it is an interesting thing just because it's uh the regulations in this industry are very new and so we're very careful not to classify our things as security like securities so you wouldn't be able to say buy my token and i will give you one percent of all future earnings oh so
0: this is will be security Oh, I see.
1: And so you can sell something that has value, like a perk, like time on a call with me might be valuable to you, but there's no dollar amount. There's no distribution of funds there. So that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty tricky because it's so new and some sites will say that you can tie that utility there, but that's a really quick way to get investigated by the SEC for selling, you know, unlicensed securities. So yeah, we're very careful about that. But if you think of like, you know, not tangible value, but value that you you have in that token absolutely and if you buy into a creator when they're you know there's only like a hundred fans or something and then they blow up to a million fans their tokens gonna be worth a lot more and you can probably resell that for a lot more but you just can't tie you know actual money to that token or distributions of money to that token
0: right okay wonderful so let's say you're right and within next 10 years content creator will own their financial relationships with the fans right now a big question for you what's gonna happen to YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram, those guys who right now own those relationships?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think that there is, there's kind of a misconception with a lot of people when they think about Web3, it is like, you know, we're, we're very idealistic, right? We want to see everything go decentralized. So the power is kind of in the hands of the people. We see a world where these Web2 companies like YouTube, like Spotify can coexist with Web3 companies that create those tokens. And And I mean, YouTube is a very good content hosting platform. They're very good at serving ads. I think the only difference is that they have a little bit less power, so content creators that are, let's say, entirely on Spotify aren't 100% dependent on them now. Now maybe they're 30% dependent. So Spotify still exists, you still get the music from there, but fans can have that, like you said, that direct financial relationship with their creators, and creators will be less dependent on these large platforms to distribute you know ad share or in spotify's case like shares of number of streams or things like that so
0: they will coexist you think
1: right i i think so i i would say at least in the next like five ten years you know youtube's not going anywhere it's it's a huge platform but certainly there's going to be more proliferation of web 3 technologies and i think the strategy that we're really going for is figuring out how to bridge that gap and not make people have that shift from web 2 to web 3 but see the value in web three by how it can kind of interlink with these web two platforms
0: okay thank you for sharing this with us and addition, i must ask speaking of blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies (laughs) do you hold bitcoins or any other cryptocurrencies
1: um i hold a couple of currencies so the big ones like uh bitcoin ethereum i'm pretty bullish on uh polygon if you've heard it the tokens matic we'll see actually how that pans out when eth does their merge finally and we'll see if polygon is still a viable candidate And there are a couple of other smaller coins in there, but yeah, definitely I have, I want to say like roughly 10% of my overall portfolio in crypto, which is a lot less than some people but I, I you know i'm sort of invested in in this like web 3 business so there's another way to kind of diversify in there that yeah,
0: makes sense and since you just predicted the future of uh community engagement platforms, so what uh, bitcoin price do you predict in three to five years oh three
1: to five years i mean anyone that tells you that is just you know full of it they don't know what they're talking about i've seen <laughs> a lot of people quoting like i, I think a hundred thousand is is reasonable like who knows who really knows like i i've been in crypto since uh like the 2016 2017 bull market and people thought it was ridiculous when bitcoin went over you know ten thousand, and then people thought it was ridiculous when it went over 30 and then it was up to 60 so i don't know it's roughly doubling so 100 to 120 is definitely reasonable
0: yeah absolutely i agree with you and totally believe that bitcoin is going to be maybe even a half million within like 10
1: years because it's yeah i mean i'd be here. very happy about
0: that <laughs> i think everybody who believe yeah. in that right so now let's Look a little bit back, and uh, you started your first business when you were 15 years old. Mm-hmm. What kind of business?
1: Yeah, so a consumer electronics repair business. There was this Microsoft made this console, the Xbox 360, and they had a really big problem with the hardware in there and that it would just break. Like they had very weak soldering and a couple key points of the motherboard in there. And so I've always been interested in kind of, you know, taking an old VCR or DVD player and just tearing the thing apart to see what's inside. And I I learned from just, you know, watching YouTube videos how to fix this thing. And so bought a couple pieces of equipment and then would just drive around my hometown and buy these broken, you know, consoles for like 20 bucks a piece. And then I had a roughly 50% repair rate on them. And you could turn around and resell it for like $150. So was able to just kind of do that when I was in high school and then um, took that business to, I think it was a couple, within a couple of years, over like $150,000 in revenue by moving into basically just wholesale purchasing older cell phones, like not the newest, latest, greatest tech, but maybe a couple generations behind. And then just starting a, an e commerce store. So across like eBay and Amazon and just being one of the largest sellers there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you've been doing what my company is doing right now. We don't buy with. We- take equipment and we just sell that equipment right interesting yeah. So look, I used to be a software developer myself. And after a year and a half of a writing code, I started a software business. To do that, I had to go through a lot of twists and terms and learn a lot. You started as software engineer too. What have you learned from starting a business?
1: Yeah, Uh. what have I learned? I think you kind of take for granted everything that goes into actually building the company and forming the team. So on the project right now, I initially came in as a software engineer and then realized that I was going to provide a lot more value like there are several members of the team that have you know 25 30 years of experience in the field and that I can just provide a lot more value running sort of the business side of things so developing the strategy plan reaching out when we needed new developers to kind of reach out and interview them running user experience tests like everything that's not the actual development and so probably the biggest lesson was just there's a lot to a software business that you don't really think about if you're a developer because you're kind of given a role you're given a set of tasks and then everything else happens behind the scene but you don't really know what's happening behind the scene and it's just a lot of miscellaneous work you know like there's a lot of work that goes into i'm sure you had to deal with this like the legal side you know you've got to work with lawyers to come up with contracts with your privacy policy your terms all of these things and we're dealing with content so there's a lot of things that go into making sure like with dmca is the a big thing in our exactly right. like you have right, to really right. cover yourself there and make sure that all across your platform it's designed so and that's just the legal side and then there's the finance side the accounting side right there's just like so many aspects to it so probably just like you don't know what you don't know and there's a lot of miscellaneous work that needs to get done to set up those developers for success.
0: But it's more fun just writing code right no it definitely
1: is it's simpler for sure I mean it's it's not simpler it's it's difficult. It's difficult in its own way, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you never get bored. You always have something to think about.
1: <laughs> oh, I've always got like five completely separate things I've gotta be handling on, on that side of the business. <laughs>
0: right. I believe there's a bunch of people who watch in this interview dreaming about starting their own business. Yeah. What advice? Do you have for someone bootstrap in business?
1: Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of free resources out there for just the minimum amount of stuff that you need to get done. So if it's a software business, it's going to be easier than, you know, in the e-commerce space, you have to worry about inventory and where you're going to house all this stuff, where you're going to sell it, how you're going to ship it with software. It's really more about who are the customers? What problem are you going to solve and who's the team to solve that? And there's more within there. But I mean, that's really the gist of what you need to get started. So a lot of free resources on developing the actual business. So like very cheap, very easy to start an LLC if you have a couple of partners. I think we have less than like $500 in startup expenses for everything from starting the LLC to getting a bank account to setting up all the very basic things. And then, you know, from there, finding your customer base is going to be very niche to, you know, whatever your experience is, whoever you're going after. So I don't know if I can give broad experience there. But if you're bootstrapping, you probably need a lot less cash than you think that you do, unless you've got a big projected advertising expense. And really, the biggest cost is just going to be your time. So utilize those free resources. Don't be afraid to just create the business. It's really not that big of an investment if the idea is good. And then, yeah, just get started. Like you can do a lot without spending money, like reaching out to people on LinkedIn that are going to be your potential customers. That's free. Like try and connect with them try and see if the thing that you're building is actually going to suit their needs and just start prototyping the thing early and involving your customer from sort of day one yeah i
0: agree with you i think it's the biggest misconception what stops people from starting the business is that they need money to start the business you need just good idea and just start it as a side hustle by keeping your job until it get to the some point so it can be your full
1: time yeah exactly yeah and yeah that's that's i think the other misconception is like you don't need venture capital money day one like some people do that i think adam newman's in the news right the the we work guy for raising 350 million dollars for an idea um which that's one way to go about Genius. it
0: Who could, right yeah <laughs> so i mean like just for idea
1: yeah if you can raise 350 million good on you but you know the vast majority of people you don't need to raise day one you need maybe a few thousand dollars between your founders and just create that idea like aws and i know azure they give a lot of free credits for startups. And the bar is very low for that. So you can have basically, you know, no hosting fees for several months and just go build the thing and involve that customer. And if there are customers that are interested and you think you need money at that point, uh, you can probably find someone that'll give you some amount of money for that. Like if you found a customer that's going to solve a need.
0: That's for sure. Most of the MVPs that need to be created doesn't require any money, just your time yeah. and the experience yours or your partners or hire developer. just make this MVP.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Thank you, Derek, for coming on The Contributor Show and sharing your vision of our future and your insights. I hope our viewers walk away having learned something new.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Victor.
0: I hope this video was helpful. And if you have any questions, leave a comment below. Guys, look, if you're a creator or you want to become one and join web3 community or engagement platform enshrine link is in the description below if you like this video please like and share subscribe and hit the bell below to be notified about my new videos thanks for watching stay healthy stay wealthy stay tuned